Yo, what's up guys? This is your boy Domo Stanton. I work on House of Whispers for DC Vertigo and this is 11 o'clock comics. Holla. There you go. That was tight, right? That was more than sufficient. Okay, all right. Hey, you know. I liked it. Kids at home will love it. Well, that's all that matters. They always do. Yeah, it's true. It is true. And we love them. Let's try and switch it up and do something a little bit different tonight. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Before we go into the book of the month or what? What are we going to do? You want to mix it up? I'm wondering if you want to talk about maybe something else you've read. No, we finished the episode with the No, no. I just want to. Okay. Let's just try and do it a little bit different. Let's try and just. I, and I don't different. know exactly what I'm talking about. Like I don't okay. specifically know what no. I want to change. But let's okay. just get a different kind of. I don't. It's hard to say. Let's just see what happens. How about this? Okay. Nothing. Oh. Everything is permitted. So Over. then. All right, so so then, to get really weird, yes. Before we introduce ourselves and say what everybody's listening to, right? Because if I've already, if they downloaded this, they already know. But to get us in the mood Ooh. for this book of the month, I'd like to know what Jason's drinking tonight. Wow, that's a good twist. This is just this is just blasphemy. What's going on right now? But no, I'm go with it. Um, well. As you all know, and it's great to be back and hear your lovely voices, I was uh, on the vacay last week down in lovely Myrtle Beach our first time. It was great. And uh, we had a nice little little suite with the full kitchen and all that good stuff. So we hit the grocery store and stocked up. But as you, you all want to, did not hit, didn't see a Harris Teeter. No such thing down <laughs> okay. there. But uh, but but ended up getting uh, some some bizniches for the fridge. But as uh, you want to do on vacation – Ended up drinking a lot more drinks outside of the room. So came back with a bunch of new beer. Well, a bunch of beer, I should say. And uh, one of the things I came back with was a 24-pack of Land Shark Lager, mm. island-style lager. So I have a couple cans of that sitting here iced up, ready to go. Nice. Yes, sir. Cool. Well, I'm going to follow you. And uh, I am not drinking water this week. Because this is a Ooh. book of the damn month, and I figured damn straight it is. in in honor of the uh, the uh, magnificence of the the work we're about to talk. Uh, nah, I screwed up my preposition, but that's okay. Um, I'm drinking two things. The uh, from Victory Brewing, it's a Hop Wallop IPA, and from Southern Tier, I'm drinking Tangier India Pale mm. Ale. Brewed with tangerine peels, which has me a little bit uh, scared. But that's okay. It's good to be scared. Huh. A scared. Yes. Scared. Um, I too am drinking two things. I am, um, when I finish this glass, I will probably, well, this will probably be the last glass I drink. And then I'm going to have some, some Celta. But in the meantime, um, because I felt like it. I haven't had this in a while. I saw the bottle. I grabbed it. It's a red blend. It is from Cocoban Vineyards in California. Um, And it says it is a rich, silky red blend with a soft, luxurious finish. Uh, Dark cherries, vanilla. It it sounds 
like it's juicier than it is. It it's it's not really all that sweet, and I it goes down real easy. And um, it is, like I said, it, it, I I remember having it a while ago and enjoying it. I don't know when the last time I had it, but when I saw the label, I figured it, it, it's been a while. So I um, been a while. Grabbed a bottle and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Excellent. Right on. And in case you're wondering, this is not 11 o'clock drink and draw. It's 11 o'clock comics, everybody. Yes, sir. Episode 603, spotlighting our book of the month, Batman Year 100. Excellent. And I am Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. It is an excellent book. And I am David A. Price. That is facts for both of you. And uh, I, of course, am known by many things, including number one, including Luther, but most affectionately known as Space Boy. Oh. oh. But you're not Space you Boy. It? Yes. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're not Space Boy. You're Jason Wood, everybody. What? And, of course, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by our beauteous patrons. Yes. If you don't know how we do this, what we, uh, we solicit our patrons once a month, and we say, hey, pick our book of the month, and they do. <laughs> and then we, we read it and we talk about it, but they are driving the bus in these book of the month episodes, and rightly so, because they are the ones that... Um, they donate to our cause, and they get stuff. They get a lot of stuff, but they have—they uh, are our puppet masters, so to speak, for the book of the month. And they chose very wisely this month. Very wisely indeed, because as I said, it's Paul Pope's Batman Year 100. But before we get into that, we got to uh, ask, does anyone have a thank you? Um, before any thank yous, I have a shout out. And I failed to mention Mr. Kenneth Derrick last week. Oh, right. And, uh, so I'm doing it this week. Thank you so very much, patron Kenneth Derrick. He, um, Kenneth made me realize the error of our ways because I posted to the EOC Instagram and he commented on the photo and mentioned that. And, and I said that we, we need to rectify that that oversight so um as well as when vince runs down where you can find us on the social networks um instagram is also uh on that list i always forget it's just one one i know and and you guys all have access to it but in any case um it's it's one one it's it's 11 o'clock comics with one one (laughs) on instagram uh just like it is on twitter and just like it is on the facebook group and just like it is on patreon but right um unify that sound it's the mothership it's bootsy it's um i have my windows open because it's a little warm tonight no, um, but it sounds like an like an engine or something yeah it is it is it's oh someone's, okay. someone's either i don't think they're going through the yeah it's on the side street mothership uh, don't have no engine um <laughs> i'm trying to, i do not i don't believe i have any thank yous no, I, do I. I have a shout out though. Oh, by all means, we have a new subscriber, and her name is Julia. 
Ooh. Yes. She's a coworker. She said, "What's this podcast oh, thing?" Yeah, that's what, awesome. What's this podcast thing you do? And I explained it. We and I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. And uh, so uh, <laughs> she she uh, she likes the Marvel movies, but I doubt she's read any comics. And uh, I also doubt that we will change her mind to do so. But hey, anyway, <laughs> um, I hope she enjoys it. What's up? So uh, let's get into it. Batman Year One Hundred, written and illustrated by Paul Pope. With color art by Jose Villarubia and letters by Jared K. Fletcher and some some dude named John Workman. I mean, yes, John Workman is one of the preeminent letterers, but how about the fact that Jared K. Fletcher is a letterer? Yes. It's now a, a very well-established writer of comics. And it's strange because one would think Paul Pope does not need someone else to letter his comics because he's done it himself for a long time but um nice i mean share the love and you can tell workman's thumbprint is is all over this thing and it's for the better but anyway um a little bit of background on this here book it was uh published in 2006 and uh the title batman year 100 is a sort of uh thematic uh, pole vault from the year that Batman was first introduced in Detective Comics 27, dated May 1939. This story takes place exactly 100 years in the future, in 2039. So I thought that was a nice little tip of the hat by Mr. Pope. Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not the only little tip of the hat because there are various, um, instances in the mythology of the batman that's mentioned and they are bona fide they come from stories that we've well not we because we're not that old but they are in the batman canon let's just say and uh it's it's um the the setting for batman year 100 is bleak dystopia reigns um, the, the one panel that really set the stage for me, aside from the beaten down Gotham City, uh, the skyline speckled with, um, police copters was the fact that the White House is behind barbed wire, which doesn't mean that the monsters inside want to get out. It's keeping the monsters outside from getting in, getting their, their, uh, their justice on so it's not a happy place this this gotham of 2039 it's it's Mm -hmm. run down and battered and beaten and um it's not a very prosperous looking city let's just put it that way it's very true before we 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 go further i i always like to know uh you all's (laughs) experience with this book had you read it before Let's of, call Pope, so we know Vince did. Yes, of course. I bought it on this on the well, not on the stands because I bought it off the tables, off the shelves. Yes. Okay. Dap. Uh, first time reading was when I checked it out of the library around the corner from me a couple weeks ago. Okay. I read it. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe seven, eight years ago when I. Something we were talking about got me into Paul Pope, and I tried to read a bunch of old Paul Pope stuff. So I guess it would be, what, like 2000? I don't know, a couple years after it came out, I guess. Right. And and um, not to derail this, but I mean, only because it, it's still Paul Pope. Even though 
this the 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 May previews came out today. Uh, if you're lucky, you still may be able to order Heavy Liquid by yes. Image, which is what the 20th anniversary I think of that collection, or correct that, of yeah. that series. Um, so uh, it was it was solicited. It is solicited in the April previews. So if you've never read it, and I haven't, um, you should fix that and make sure you still get it on your order. Yeah. Heavy Liquids is pretty much a masterpiece. Yep. No argument. But, but, you know, I would say that for most of Paul Pope's stuff. Also valid? Not all. Most. Yeah. Most. (laughs) So 2039... Very oppressive government. Um, like I said, the White House is ringed by barbed wire fences. Um, the uh, government has taken up law enforcement because there is a federal police force. And they go by uh, FPC, which is Federal Police Corps. And they are um, omnipresent. They're pretty much everywhere. Uh, there's local law. But then there's the feds, which seems to supersede local law at every turn. And um, that fact doesn't sit well with one Jim Gordon. Yes, commissioner, uh, not commissioner. Um, he's a captain, right? Cap- captain Gordon. He's Captain Gordon, yes. Yes, and he is the grandson yes. of James Gordon. He looks a lot like Grandpa. Just like him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's following in the family footsteps, doing what uh, his grandfather did a hundred years uh, prior. And he's a little bit, um, he's feeling a little out of sorts because there is a current uh, case that is red hot and it involves what has come to be known as a myth. A uh, kind of a cryptid of Gotham in, in the Batman. Sightings have been reported um it's uh, people don't know whether it's a human being or if it's a some kind of a creature because it looks like a bat and it moves like a bat and it flits and it it's it it uh travels through your peripheral vision and it's a lot of people don't believe it some do believe it um let's the the batman is now the uh a denizen of mythology and we don't really know how it got from bruce wayne the Batman to him fading out. And then a hundred years later, this character is on the scene in Gotham. And when we get to the, the wrap up, one of the things I like most about it, I will tell you, but, um, so we have the local, the, the federal police corps. They really look like sports figures. They look like a sport team. They're, they're, they're walking around in garish costumes, uh, brightly colored. Like one would think that uh, police force would be in blues and blacks, you know, to at least reduce the chances of them being a target. But these guys, they wear bright colors and they have their, their uh, faction emblazoned on the back of their jersey. There's, there's the Gotham Wolves. There's uh, the Tigers. And like I said, for all intents and purposes, they look like a sports team. Yeah. Almost like Wild Dog. Yeah. Yeah, without the the mask. Right. And, I mean, and they have uh, the latest in protective gear, 
But when you look at them, you're thinking, okay, where's the goal? Because they look like hockey players. Very, very yeah. bright, brightly colored, uh, eye-searing color. And um, there was an altercation where the wolves, um, something went down, and a member of the wolves is shot. He did. By uh, two different guns, a shotgun and a twenty-two. And in this age, a uh, hundred years in the future, which I, I did say is twenty thirty nine, the the digital capture is everywhere. So um, the FPC are recording the incident, and they get a brief glimpse of the Batman on on not film, but they they capture images of this Batman, and it, it terrifies people. Uh, specifically, Agent Pravska. Am I pronouncing that right? Pravska? Who's to say? Right. It's Russian, so I don't know. Uh, and uh, there's an altercation. And I love Paul Pope's wording um, where I think it was Pravka that said it's the long lost one, the enigma, the shadow. He doesn't just use the shadow offhandedly. He's he's given a tip of the hat to the pulp character of the shadow because without the shadow there would be no batman and he's acknowledging that and if you guys don't agree that's okay i'm just going to keep this one for me right um but batman eludes the the panthers and the wolves on on multiple occasions um so they they come out and they they bring out the big guns and they're trying to take them down with with sonic weapons and then uh pravska lays out a mandate he does not want the batman killed you got to bring him in for questioning. And, well, Batman gets away, but he's hurt. He's bleeding profusely. Yeah, and, definitely got gaffled. And wouldn't you know, see, one of, the, one of the weapons, the shotgun went into the dead wolf agent, and the twenty two went into Batman. He got shot. But, um, I mean, when you, when you read the sequentials or experience the sequentials for this incident, there's a lot of things that are left unclear for rightly so i mean really we really don't know what's going on until the second issue as far as the dead uh federal or the, the the dead police officer we don't know right he's down and um an agent's brought in to help with the uh, investigation of this batman the batman of gotham and he's he's his name is agent tibble guy's a strange freaking character He's uh, larger than life. Uh, he's got the old uh, 10-gallon hat, cowboy hat on. He's got gold teeth. He comes in all... He, he's in a, a copter, and he just flies in, and he's all rough and tumble. And um, he basically commands the, uh, the, the case from there on. But then we get a little bit of the, a glimpse at who this Bat character is, right? Um he he's hurt and he goes uh to uh a safe house right but on the, and and simultaneously there's a dr goss who i'm guessing is a coroner because jim gordon calls her and she says you got to come in we got a big one you got to examine the body of this this dead um it's a panther right or no the wolf guy the wolf he was a member of the wolves you got to come in examine this guy um, 
Meanwhile, this this Goss is also in contact with Batman. So she's his go-to. I guess she's this version, uh, 100 Years of the Future, of our Batman's Leslie Tompkins at one time. Yeah. Batman's hurting, so she has a tough call to make. Do I... This, do I not go to Jim Gordon's orders and, and check out this dead body, or do I save the Batman? Like, what? Which one's more important? But um, the the decision's taken out of her hands when uh, the feds commandeer the case, and Gordon's like, "All right, you don't have to do anything." So she's like, "Oh, I, I can go help my Batman buddy." Um, mm-hmm. And Gordon is like stymied at every turn in this he he wants to see the body he wants to know what went down in his jurisdiction and the feds tell him to pound sand get the hell out of here he's like but i have jurisdiction this is my city the feds don't give a shit um gcpd is bounced from the scene and um that's solving goss's dilemma and then another strange character is is brought in this agent mercer and he's a telepath and he doesn't play into it early in the series but later on he, he certainly does um but tibble and gordon go at it he tibble's questioning gordon he's like well, what the hell you know about this bat character you know give, give me all that you have gordon's like i don't have anything this is the first time that that I, i've ever seen him like i what i yeah there's a myth but i didn't think it was real nobody thinks it's real and while gordon is saying this agent mercer the telepath is scanning him for the truth and um it's kind of a little bit unclear whether gordon's a really good liar or he didn't in fact know anything because uh he he doesn't tip off mercer doesn't notice anything strange he's like yeah he's telling the truth but there may be more that he's not telling us because i guess it's i mean i'm i'm not schooled in the art of telepathy but the the telepath is just scanning what's coming out of his mouth, right? There may be reserves of information that Gordon is not fessing up with or he's keeping it squelched. We don't know. But anyway, Gordon doesn't tip off the, the telepath, which is great, right? Is it wrong that when I hear the name Mercer, all I can think about is the G.I. Joe character? That is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. This is very, very wrong. Just kidding. No, it's not wrong. You love G.I. Joe. <laughs> Shout out to, to Mercer. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Mercer. One of the one of the one of the, one of the <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter's renegades. <laughs> oh, God. For, former former Cobra Viper turned Joe. He was doing that shit before Buster's like or Chuckles, like Chuckles or even Storm Shadow were trying to do it. All right, what was that OG? What's geekier, or should I say, what's more geek, Transformers or GI Joe? They're identical. I mean, same. you think? Same company, same era. They're identical. I mean, yeah, in that regard, it's. I mean, it's the exact same age cohort, like the same. It, oh, sure. Window. No, of right, but but it's like, but but who who would appear geekier? Someone who can rifle off Joes from a certain era, or who can name a bunch oh. of Transformers? And and it, is it cooler to say I like Transformers or I have Transformers because they're models and robots that you know could transform into other things or i have a bunch of little army figures at home and <laughs> this flag and you know it's well, sh- I, shout out to nation of jason's cohort jay tomio and i i think we we know what the right answer is it's it's well we know what your answer is, is that's geekier, i know yes 
but it's right. It's so it's I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess I mean, the answer to this here maybe Joe's nerdy, but it's so just for the record. Well, we're not. I mean, all of a sudden now we're going down a homoerotic avenue. I didn't expect that. That's but insane. Insane. He, he man is way way <laughs> nerdier than than other Transformers or GI Joe. Jesus. <sighs> Oh, back to the Batman. Anyway, back to the yes, Batman. Back to this Paul Pope joint. Yes. So, Goss patches up the Batman with assistance from her daughter, Tora. And Tora, in case you're wondering, is the oracle of this story. Yes, indeed. She's very, very good with computers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're, they're pat- cute to boot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she is. She's yeah, my type. Yes, absolutely. She's Wait, my type. Mean, yeah, like you hesitate. That's your type. That's exactly my type. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. But hey. Um, and, and they patch up the Batman and they have to cut through his mask and, and, and he survives, but we still don't get a look at the Batman's face in issue one, which is, I thought was great to not see what this guy looks like beneath the map mask. Mm-hmm. We get little snippets, but. The identity is totally unknown, and, and it's and it's not. It's really not all that important in the grand scheme of things. No, that's again. I, I guess I'll I'll bury the lead. That's what I love about it. You don't know who this Batman is ever. You are never told who this Batman is. You don't know if he's a descendant of Bruce Wayne, or a fan of Bruce Wayne, or maybe a someone that. Batman saved their mother and the legend of the Batman was passed down to the son. And he's like, all right, this guy did my mama solid. I'm going to follow in his footsteps. You have no idea who this dude is ever. And I don't really think you need to know. Jason. Well, I'm a little hesitant because at the very end, they call him Bruce. He calls him Bruce, but that doesn't necessarily, but that, but, but, Batman's hesitation no, could just no, mean no, that, mean, that it's, I think Pope Pope did that to to let off the release valve. I don't. I mean, I don't. Well, see, that's a that's a big leap to say that Pope thought. Oh, let me let me refer because it would have been he could have just not had them ever be called by a name, and that would have been the ultimate. Well, who is he? No, he I let, think it he, was he, he answered the question at the end by saying by calling him Bruce. Yes, but that's Gordon. Yeah. But as we just established, he doesn't acknowledge it. He Gordon, just... Gordon didn't know who this was. This was not a, like you said. Mercer read Gordon's mind, and there was no. So it wasn't like he he didn't have. But Gordon didn't know who it was. But in going through the files from his grandfather, he he learned that Batman was Bruce Wayne. Right. So and he's, all he says I, at the end is he's telling Batman, I "Don't you know? Here's the file. It's the only copy. Don't worry." I'm not going to say a word of it to anyone, Bruce. Is the, and and whether that's just a nod saying that I read the file. You and I know what's on this file, because all all Batman looks at it, Batman pauses, and then looks at it and says, "Why are you?" And then Gordon cuts him off and basically is like, "You know, I'm doing this for the same reason you are," and they don't exchange any more words, and Batman runs off into the woods so you can yeah it's it's open-ended enough for if you want to think that this is a wayne descendant whose name is bruce okay great i read it as a way that gordon's like listen bruce is just a name that connects us and i know something that you know 
And that's all I read into it. I saw it as him passing the mantle. Like saying, the first one was Bruce. You have displayed similar from what I've seen in these files. You have displayed similar ability and your concern is along the same lines as your progenitor. I'm going to call you Bruce because the Batman was Bruce. So I'm calling you Bruce. He's like, okay, you pass muster, Bruce. Like, I seriously do not think that this character's name was Bruce. I don't either. Yeah. Okay. Well, well that's okay. I mean, yeah. I, I like the fact that it's open-ended. Sure. That he didn't say that this is, you know, the great-great-grandson of, of Bruce. Like, we didn't need that. This This guy is obviously extremely capable, has done his homework. But then it brings up the question, well, how did this guy in the Batsuit know about uh, if it took a person like Commissioner Gordon an extreme measure to get this information, how does this guy know? It seems like information in this age is squelched. Nothing comes out or, or, or nothing goes in or comes out without the government knowing about it, right? So how does this guy get the lowdown on his supposed ancestor or this who, who was this, this bad figure? Because no one really knows. It's a myth. It, it 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 boggles the mind how do, how does this this character even know but anyway we're 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 getting a little off track here let's just talk about the visuals on the first issue i think it starts in spectacular fashion with the rooftop chase batman's being chased by the federal uh, hounds and these aren't just any old average dogs they have cameras implanted in their retinas so mm. what the, what the dogs see the feds see and Batman jumps between two buildings, and, they, and they're, they're watching him do this, and they're like, what the fuck? That was a 25-foot jump. Like, nobody can do that. And they're like, no, nah, the guy has to be cybernetically enhanced. No, I don't think so. It just looks like a costume to me. And, and they call Bruce a UU, which is an undocumented, unclassified. They don't know who he is. That's, that's one of the little uh, hooks in the first issue, that the government doesn't know who this guy is. They don't have a file on him. And when he when he drops some blood on the scene, uh-oh, now they have something to work with. So that puts this Batman in a very precarious situation because they could possibly find out who he is, the real identity behind the mask. Right. But, uh, the, I mean, and I've always loved this about Pope where there's not a straight edge in sight. Uh-huh. Like his buildings, no. most yeah, yeah. wow. Teeth, everything. I have that in my notes. Yeah. It was basically like I, 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 I fuck your rulers because yeah. they're the fact that he because and I'm not comparing this. I'm not comparing him to Brandon Graham. It's one of those things where they're, they're just and they're they're just Stokos the same way. There are a bunch of artists who you know this is a building. You can tell it's a building. I don't need ninety degree angles perfectly to right. let you know this and and it's just but it unlike graham who's who's a lot more cartoony not that this is super ultra realistic but it's still there's there's still real world physics and and everything everything fits and and it doesn't if if he used a straight edge anywhere in here it would look out of place yeah and the lion's share of all of the marks are made by a brush yeah, there's some pen work in here, but the majority 
came from the tip of a brush. And I love that. I mean, he knows the value of thick and thin. And it just, it adds so much variation to your line. It adds life to the line. A straight edge done by a a pen or a, a, a technical pen. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Graham does good things with the same thickness line. I mean, he's just, he's an amazing illustrator. So he knows how to work it. But a lot of guys, they just, they, they, they let that. And, and while we're on the subject, Matthew Allison uses a technical pen and he uses yeah, it like a yeah, freaking brush. The, 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 what he does with microns is just, I. It's ridiculous. He draws yeah. shapes with microns and then he fills them in. He, he's mimicking brush strokes with a technical pen. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, but he pulls it off marvelously. But anyway, back to Mr. Pope, uh, this rooftop chase, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of harrowing, but it's gorgeous because as he's running by the reader, there's a giant, um, sign behind him. And the very first time we see him, it looks like 100 behind it but it's not i mean it's just it's it's just letters but that that first splash page as we see batman running and people are firing at him behind him that looks like 100 to me you get the one and the zero and behind it there's another zero mm-hmm. i mean it's it's sneaky but it's it's beautifully done and it's done in red too and the batman's gray and black on top of it it's just it's and the muted greens and and blues behind it it's just a beautiful beautiful page and that that 100 and the 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 letters in red just frame the 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 character perfectly it's it's i think that's a perfect page yeah but and the whole issue is great and and pope doesn't he'll do a giant panel every now and then but he doesn't He's not masturbating on the paper. When when the narrative calls for it, he'll he'll throw down nine panels on a page, or sometimes four panels. You know, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. the story demands, he'll do it. And he's not he he's not afraid of jamming a terrific amount of detail in a tiny panel, and then maybe one panel has just one character's head, and and a, and a and a a little bit of an American flag behind it. Like it's he. He's, I think he's a consummate illustrator. He he knows exactly what he's doing. And and then there's then you'll have one panel with just a tiny tiny little uh, airship in it with a with a little bit of a a blast behind it, and that's it. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, I think he's certainly one of our collective favorites. Yes, yeah. as we uh, all had the great pleasure of hanging out with him two New York Comic Cons ago and what a transcendent experience that was. Right, right. Yeah. But I mean, we, 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 um, we tend to elevate a lot of people like, uh, I don't want to name names, but there, there are some guys that are good. Sure. They just, they're, they're, they're very good. But, but we, we, we mean, deify them in, in, I mean, fandom kind of deifies them. Right, right. I think Paul Pope is one of the few guys that has earned his, um, earned his stripes like when 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 you can't get too hyperbolic about paul pope he's a monster in every category i i, I couldn't agree more I, I i it's no secret that his 
anyone that draws like him or is inspired by him happen to be people that I adore as well for for this because because they are from his his school. Yeah. I mean, y'all know I have absolute obsession over David Rubin and it's no coincidence that Pope hired Rubin to draw his character for, you know, for his Battling Boy series. Right. So, and what happened with that? Like has that stalled? Um, I believe Pope said the next version, the next volume of his, The Battling Boy, is ready to go. I, I mean, it's supposed to be ready to go, I, I but yes, it's been a while now. So Yeah, the collected THB has been ready to go for a long time, too. And I know. We haven't seen that. Well, maybe we'll have him on the show and we can ask him. True, true. What do you guys think of the text pages? Cumbersome or? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I knew the... Um, DVD extras guy was going to say that, but well, I was going to say, I, yeah, you knew, you knew who you were asking there. I, yeah. I, I love them. And what, what I like is, um, the, the four issues are available in the DC universe app. And, uh, when I was at work, I left to trade, uh, at home. So I was reading some of it at work. And what's great about this story and, it's it's something that DC does with their collections, and and it works really well here. And I don't know if that's just I'll find out when I read Heavy Liquid if that's what um, if that's usually how Pope works. But when the first issue ends, as um, as Batman is is about to um, as as he's getting operated on, the second issue starts with Robin working on the bike. But when you're reading the collection, there's no there's no chapter breaks. You don't get a cover indicating that 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 is the second issue. And the way the story reads, as Batman's being operated on, and then on the facing page, we cut to a different location. It's just it's it's pretty freaking seamless, and it's um, and because of that, the text pieces are all at the end of the uh, of the main story in this trade. I don't know if they are like that in the deluxe edition. Um, but actually Vince, I, I, yes, I, I feel like, Oh, that, that should be, but the way these are broken down because you have, you know, the news archives and then the Batman sightings remain unexplained and then police release transcripts. So it's not like they all, It's not, um, I don't think reading from, based on whichever format you choose, I don't think anything is lost if you read the one, what is it, eight, one, two, three, four, eight, eight pages of text at the end of the story. I don't think anything is lost if you read all eight pages after you read the main story. I like knowing that they were at the end of each chapter, the end of each individual issue. But if you're reading the collection, I don't think you lose anything. Well, they weren't. They were at the beginning and the end. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. At the, yeah. I mean, I'm just going by the singles because I don't have this, the collected edition of this. So, I, I mean, I like them and I think they add... Um, and they're fitting the the, the font the, the the everything just yeah. fits this story. But I think there's a little too much. Um, but 
I mean, if if you take a look at those old THB issues, Pope likes a lot of text. I mean, there there would be three, four pages of this text, and I mean, I, and I, I enjoy that, and I think this does a good job at fleshing out the world that in, in which these characters reside. But I just think there's a little bit too much of it. But you don't have to read them. That's the thing, right? I mean, you could take your time and read the the actual sequentials, and then eh, go back to them later. So maybe I, maybe it's good that it's at the end. I don't mm-hmm. know. I I haven't decided yet. But in issue two, we're introduced to Robin, and that is not his alter ego name. That is his name. His name is Robin, and he's he's tooling around a motorcycle, and. Boy, if if you listeners have not seen this, this even this opening sequence when when Robin's in this busted, broken down garage and there it just there's like water in the street and there's gra- graffiti on the outside of the garage. It's just Paul knows how to delineate a world. This world is so real to me, and it's this this reminds me of my favorite period in in New York City history was like maybe. 82 to 80 let's go a little bit earlier than that like say 1980 to 85 that's my Mm. favorite period of new york and a lot of what i remember from new york city looks like this right without without the giant you know colossus uh, buildings looking like you know uh something out of the the lord of the rings uh but the just are you do you watch the deuce what is this on HBO? No. Oh, it deduces a show by David Simon uh, that's been running the last few years about uh, about the uh, time in New York you're talking about when when prostitution basically moved in house and yes. then porn and then porn became legal. It's the story of that whole evolution of of Manhattan. Uh, uh, I York. love that time, man. So. I love it. Love it. But yeah, I agree. It, it does. It does not have that vibe. I, I will let me just interject because you you bring up a point that I've been wanting to make, which is that with this this story to me is just quintessential Pope. I mean, there have been many. It almost is a bucket list for every creator, whether they be primarily known for uh, big two work or or just or creator owned work that they get a chance to do their own Batman. It just seems like a rite of passage. You're right. I mean, Mignola did it just pick, pick a creator and they've had their, they've had a pass at, at Batman and this was Pope's pass. And, um, the, the thing I probably most love about it is that it's just quintessential Pope. It's as though Pope got to pluck Batman from the DC universe and put him into the Pope first. Right. And, and that's cool. I, that, I mean, this is what I want to see if I hadn't read it before and you said, all right, Paul Pope doing Batman, this is what I would want it to feel and, and read like. Well, he's an iconoclast. He, he, right. th- th- it's the only way he would be able to do it. Yeah. But yeah. I, also I think on that motorcycle, just on the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, I re- I remember reading something, uh, Pope, his cousin designed suspension systems, uh, for Ford and consulted with him to design, he asked him if you could build the coolest motorcycle ever, no budget, what would it look like? And his cousin gave him a bunch of ideas. And, uh, and as a result, he actually gave his cousin a credit in the book. 
Nice. It's pretty neat. Well, one of the comments I was going to make was the the tech in this book seems believable to me. Like there 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 may be buttons and knobs that we don't know what they do, mm-hmm. but it all looks like Pope makes you believe that these things perform a function. It's yeah. not uh, God it's rest. Mechan- it's mechanical, it's not, right? God rest yeah. his soul. A lot of the the machines that Jack laid out were, co- were cosmic. They they defied they, physics, right? They and they they crashed or, or they shattered your imagination because you could right. you couldn't conceive a reason for a an, a a machine like this existing. What does it do? Like it it doesn't make sense. All these these weird angles and these you know lightning bolt patterns and the crackle like what does this freaking machine do but you look at this motorcycle and it's like i can i can believe that this would be awesome on the road that all these little buttons and gadgets and and wires that they actually do something is what i'm saying so he there's a there's a believability to his technology and that again that goes back to thb but I was going to say something, and I think I... Oh, I think we're kind of understating how big of a deal this was for Paul Pope, because prior to this, Paul did very, very little mainstream work. I don't... I guess... um, We we can look at his his published output. Did Solo come before or after this? Um, 2006, probably before. Well, that was probably a bigger deal than this. Well, not really. No, you're getting the Batman. This is the bigger deal. But prior to this, what did Paul do? I mean, he's got a handful of awesome things. THB, Escapo, um, you know, I can go down the list. One trick ripoff. None of them. Negative burn. Yeah, but none of them pierced the mainstream. And yet they said, okay young guy, we're going to give you Batman for four prestige issues. Like, how did this come about? Did, did they look at his work for overseas publishers and said, this guy's moving units. Like, we got to get him over here. Where, I, I would love to know the gestation of Paul Pope's career and what happened that led to Batman Year 100. It's, 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 it almost... Well, def- Go ahead. Well, hundred percent had also come out before that, right? Uh, Solo came out. Solo came out in two thousand and five. So one must guess that that Chiarello, since he gave Pope an issue of Solo, was a big fan. But and that also, was so, and that was a year before. Well, that was six months before Year One Hundred came out. So, and in two thousand six, Teenage Sidekick, which was a story in the third issue of Solo. Won a uh, won an Eisner for best short story. So it, it was had, his first. Yeah, it, had, was, it was Pope's first Eisner. Yeah. Now, did Paul's Batman Black and White come out before this or after this? Because I know he has a story in, in Batman Black and White. Um, we should have done our homework before going. Well, into Black this and episode. White was two thousand and two. Okay, so before or no, that was the collection. It might have been even earlier than that. Nice. But yes, it was before. So he, he, he did prove himself. But I'm thinking... Well, he had done Heavy Liquid in 100%. I mean, he had done some of his seminal works before this. But that's boutique stuff. No, but... Well, to, now, like, yes. I mean, commercially-wise, but this was a time... Where, I mean, there were, 
he was known in the scene. Oh yeah, he was a rock star, right? I mean, it's it's no different than when Darwin got a shot at DC. He wasn't. Yeah, I mean, DC Darwin was experimenting at the time. I mean, we just got done talking about Solo, and you know, yeah. and and so and Darwin had New Frontier. So you know, DC it was just like, hey, we have we have some pretty. Well, all, all the credit goes to Mark Shirillo, right? I mean, that, like Solo was his, th- right? I mean, that's that's yeah. Shirillo yeah. was the one that brought all these guys into DC. So, and I, I think it, it it needs to be said that DC is much more willing to take chances on their big properties, like Batman. Sure. You know, I mean, yes, they sequestered it into a four issue prestige miniseries that had no bearing on on then current continuity. So, I mean, the risk was very. It was small, but still, these issues weren't cheap to produce, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure Pulp got paid, you know. And and if you're publishing a square bound, what are these issues? Uh, Sixty whatever, fifty whatever pages. That it's you know it's the 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 production factor is more costly than an average issue. So there there was some risk, but. Yeah, I it just it, I think it was a, a a huge coup for DC to have Paul Pope touch their their characters. Oh sure. Like I would love to see like after this came out and and whatever the numbers were, somebody would say, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you take a stab at Superman?" Right. I'd, I'd love to see what Pope could do with Superman. And then yeah. and then you know, you can extrapolate Wonder Woman and then Green Lantern like, "Wow." There, you could have this little Pope verse at DC, mm-hmm. which, which would have been awesome. I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, our our good buddy Felix of Felix Comic Art, who reps Paul, that's how we met him. Uh, they he auctioned off a bunch of Batman Year One Hundred art uh, last year. Yeah, I can only imagine what they went for. Um, I mean, they ranged. And they weren't that. I mean, for what this book was, and for Paul Pope's, they were reasonably affordable. I think. Nice. Nice. But anyway, but they all sold it within seconds. That was the thing. Um, but but I bring it up just because um, you can actually, for those that are interested, I love this. Uh, you can see the originals, the uncolored, unlettered originals on Felix Comic Art. If you just look under Paul Pope, he they, he has scans of of most of the well, all the at least all the pages that that were sold in his sale, and it's just a sight to behold. And the other cool thing, which um, which we've seen in person, is Paul works really large. Yeah. So all the pages from this book, and I think pretty much all of his published work, are 19 by 24. Nice. I mean, that is a massive piece of paper. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, I Good know. God. You know what I, I know. my dream is if they published Year 100 in black and white? No color. I mean, Villa Rubia did a great job on the coloring. Sure. But I would love to have a black and white edition of this. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So so Robin's tooling around with this motorcycle that um it's pretty much the Batmobile. There there is no Batmobile per se in this. They they call the motorcycle the Batmobile. And uh he's outfitting it with flamethrowers in the rear. And he, he does his work on it and he's he's confident and he's satisfied with the way it works. And then and only then does he take a, a bat sticker out. And he slaps it on it like, God damn, I'm done. You know? That's right. And if you look in the last panel, there's some kind of that may be a, a propane tank in the background. Like he doesn't give a shit. He's testing this thing and you know, we got tanks of very, very flammable liquid gas 
uh, in the background. I'm just going to do it. I do what I do. Yeah. <laughs> the cool thing, too, another, well, another cool thing, and it gets back to this idea of this being such a Paul Pope story in every way, uh, and you touched on it a bit, but just when you think about this, it does take place in the future, but it is a dystopian future, and you know, you were alluding to it kind of being the, the, the tech feels real, it feels mechanical, it doesn't feel magical or super scientific, and I love that uh, so much of Batman in the comics is about his gadgets and how wealthy he is and yeah. he's pretty much unlimited technology. He's always got the best tech, the best computers, the best everything. And that's cool, don't get me wrong. I mean I'm a tech guy, I love that. But I like that Pope decided to make him almost like gorilla style. You know, he's got a bike that is mechanical and he's got to do the works on a full time. He's got a suit that doesn't really have a lot of armor if any. He gets gets shot, he gets almost dies. He 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 doesn't have a, a, a uh, you know, a utility belt full of a thousand things that can solve any problem, like a MacGuffin in two seconds. I mean, he's basically just a costume vigilante who, you know, has some, you know, has some some measure of tech, but it's 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 low tech. It's 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 uh, he's getting by on his metal as much M, like M E T T L E his metal versus the fact that he's you know just got money to have any kind of doohickey he could ever imagine. Right. I really liked that because it would have been easy to tell a story like this set in 2039 that was more like a Batman Beyond, right? Where he's just pretty much it's the future and he can do anything he wants, and and that gets a little boring to me, at least for Batman. I mean, Batman should it should be about his capabilities, not just that he can afford to solve any problem because he's already invented. You know, like he's not he's not Reed Richards. He shouldn't be at least to me. I don't I don't right. like when Batman just has every single thing he's ever ever could imagine just already just sitting in his belt waiting for it to be used. And and funnily enough, you're mentioning Reed Richards, because when Robin is testing out the belt bike, he, he does exclaim, flame on. That is true. Yeah. It's definitely a bargain basement version of Batman. Right. It's like... Right. The, you, you get no, no sense in this that he's a billionaire. No. It, it, no. 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 He doesn't... There's no Wayne Manor. There's no Alfred... It's just a dingy uh, is an, is an apartment. I don't know if it's a loft or an apartment, but whatever. Right. But he does have one thing that Bruce Wayne does have. And we get a, a glimpse of that in the second issue, that he has the ability to get people to follow him right. and sacrifice for him. And 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 we see that in, in this Torah and, and Dr. Goss, who... They're his support group, and Robin too. They're still the 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 nexus of the Bat family exists in this dystopian future. It's not the same as as the one we're used to. I mean, the name, some of the names may be the same, but this is not the the close knit um, familial unit that we have now, where everybody seems to be related. Um, the, these seem like people whose lives just crossed their paths just crossed and bruce has a way of commanding sacrifice and devotion and and i I, that's something that one would think that the batman would always have in order to to Mm -hmm. to to wear that you know you want to you want to take up issue two Oh, I, I must admit, I don't have the issues. Like, I just, I don't have them sitting here. Oh, Dap, so, you want to do it? Uh, yeah, you might have to let me know where. I'm pretty sure I remember where it ends, but just let me know if I get too far. So, um, as, as we mentioned, 
Robin is testing out the bike, and Batman has regained consciousness after um, nearly 12 hours uh, following his operation. And um, he, uh, we still... Pope is still deliberately obscuring his face. He's he's not he's not in shadows, but he's either he's got his hand in front of his face or his back is to to the reader, um, or he's walking off panel. He's looking inside the fridge. He's got his um, the hood up on his robe. So we're not we're not seeing his face one hundred percent. So it's still one of those nice little nods that I'm not mad at. Uh, he's getting caught up on what's been going on um and basically um he's he's trying to walk himself through the events from the last night and and he um it's a little cloudy a little muddled um not as clear as it should be while he's going through that gordon is back at gcpd and they're going through some files along with the info from the dog's retinas. Uh, they're going back through some of the older files. Uh, and and, and the, these are the kind of moments that I get off on where we, we, see, we see Gordon watching view screens of various eras in Batman's history. So the oldest file we have is from May the 6th, 1939, where Batman is swinging on a wire. And it's a very uh, familiar looking image for those of us who remember that cover. Um, it's, it's in, it's, it's a silhouette, but you've seen it before we get a, um, we get an image from 1968, which is, very um dick sprang ish almost frank robin is esque and and um it's of that that campy era uh we get 1986 which is a short film clip from uh gotham city police department's helicopter um where we're uh it's it's mentioned that it looks like maybe he put on a little bit of weight which this could be from Dark Knight Returns. Um, it damn well is. Yeah. Because uh, it's really the only time he he did put on weight. And it'd be very silly to... His 1986... It can also... Maybe guesstimate that, that that was, you know, Batman Year One. But obviously, if you're doing Year 100, and you're talking about this character that's been around for so long, you wouldn't really reference that particular story. Um, so while they're all trying to figure all this out and Gordon's trying to wrap his head around whether or not this is the same person, uh, the same creature, or if this is a completely new individual, um, they have information. They know more than the government does. Um, and obviously since, um, we're not uh we're 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 supposed to uh, gordon's going to have to give the files over and and so he's just trying to um 
figure everything out. He is still a detective and, and he knows something doesn't smell right. So he's, um, he's, he's, he's trying to do what's right. As far as where the law is concerned, he's trying to go follow justice more than, um, what they're doing what the government tells him to do. Cause obviously something is trying to be, um, covered. So Batman sends Robin and Oracle, on their way uh, to um, that th- there are some things that that are needed while he has to meditate. It's time for him to um, remember the events. Uh, and he's, he's it's it's very. Um, it's not unusual. It's it's. It's definitely something. Our Bruce Wayne would have picked up uh, from the alcohols from, from the League of Assassins, little things like that, and and so again, it's it's I view this as another way for for Pope to um, acknowledge and appreciate what's come before. So this is this is another section of this story that cements that this is this is a story that that is a batman tale like like it's a story set in the future and it's a, it's a dystopian future and, and you could kind of maybe move rearrange some characters or give them different names and you could kind of maybe tell this story with a whole different cast and still kind of tell the same story but there are while the the um the only baggage, um, the only weight, I guess you're carrying. This story works if you have some history of of Batman, and, and a lot of people know who Batman is and, and and what he's done. So, without you getting bogged down, without us knowing about this world and what happened, everything you know is based on conversations people have, and I love being just dropped in. To this world, hitting the ground running, and and not not having a a narrator telling you how we got here and who people are. It's just you follow it. You, you learn as you go, and 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 I love that. And there are things in here like Bruce and 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 Robin and Oracle and things like that that are tied into Batman's history. So, so this is a Batman story, but, um, when we get to pages like this with, with Batman meditating, that's when I'm reminded it's a Batman story. It, it, it's Pope could have written the story featuring anybody, but the fact that you have these little nods and references, um, remind you, that, that that it is a Batman story. So he's um But it begs the question though. Hmm. Why did he have to meditate? To to get information on something he experienced firsthand. That that's a well, crucial part of right of and, what's and, going it, on. and it gets answered. Yeah. We, we we get it answered in 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 later in later pages and later issues, but um it it's we are the current Batman, our Bruce Wayne, we kind of know he's for the most part he's he's 
shown to practically be infallible. So so here's this this Batman who um, is smart, is aware, is intelligent, and uses methods to back up um, or as far as recall and, 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 and pull from his hard drive. But the um, if he is... It, it, it did also show that um, he isn't... Because he did need to remember what, what happened the nights before... What, what happened previously. He... Um, that shows me that he, he basically yes he is he's because he he, he needs to do that and, and like I said it, it's it's we understand later on why why he forgot this or why he why things weren't too clear um i like that the pope kind of just again showed you instead of kind of just telling you or or having batman explain it in words i'm going to use a few really cool drawn pages to, to, to show what happened. And, and it was a way for us to, to see what happened without us living it the first time. And now we're reliving it where we're, we're seeing it kind of through, through Batman's third eye. And, um, and he thinks the whole deal is because of a terrorist organization. And, and, it, is, and it is in a sense, yeah, but not, not the one, not, yeah, not the one he thinks. Right. right. And, and we, um, after he's done meditating, Tibbles shows up to uh, to give Gordon a hard time. Um, and before uh, Tibble wants to come in, swing in, and, and, and let us all know how big it is, and he, he lets Gordon know, you know, there's really nothing you can keep from us. We, we know everything about you right down to this scraping of your sphincter and it's it's just it's 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 an uncomfortable exchange but it it lets us know what kind of person tibble is yeah he may just be following orders but as far as i'm concerned there's a right way or wrong things yeah, he's things. a dickhead and, and, and he's, he is exactly he's and a dickhead he, you, he you, gets the results of batman's colonoscopy or not batman my god right um right. gordon's colonoscopy <laughs> j- just to flaunt them over he's like oh yeah you're okay you got no pops or nothing oh right. uh yeah but and because he did that that's the thing that pissed gordon off enough to say like he he withholds information from him because yeah. tibble's such a an idiot um yeah. and and a, and a braggart and just he's a bully is what he is yes, right that's exactly it. yeah and gordon um so gordon keeps the file lets tibble know you know we don't have anything we'll have it which of course gets gets tibble all hot and bothered and says you know um prof is going to be here tomorrow and he's going to need results he's going to want results and that means i need results but i need you to give me my results um but i'll see you in 12 hours and and we'll get it all straightened out then. So um, so Gordon is extremely uncomfortable with everything. He needs to um, he needs to really see for himself what happened at that crime scene. He really doesn't believe that um, that Batman 
as, as little as he knows about everything, it doesn't. It's it's it's, it's that that itch in his gut. Something doesn't seem right. So yeah. uh, he's got to get to the bottom of it. And while he's doing that, Batman gets primed and and ready to go out. Um, he uh, gets in touch with Robin. He's got every Robin has everything in place. Um, really cool visual of an upside down bat. Um, and uh, and they're ready to rock and roll. And Batman's going to infiltrate Gotham City. Uh, no, uh, the um, the FPC, the uh, the government facility, so he can find out just what exactly. Um, he keep looking for information to, to explain what happened um, the night before while Gordon decides to con his way in to the crime scene, <laughs> uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Gordon uh, would do that, right? This Gordon would absolutely. And yeah, and yeah, I think our, our, our younger Gordon would. And, and I think um, if the older Gordon, once he's had enough, would do this. He, he would have to get to a certain point, but but this particular Gordon, we don't know him well enough. We just kind of we we just we know the name, and and because of that, we we have that connection. That's our history to the character. We 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 assume that he would do what the Gordon we know would do, only because it's what's right. And 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 you know, Pope. Poe plays on that and and uses that to to his advantage and um, we don't suffer for it at all. But um, they're both Batman and Gordon are both trying to get answers at the same time. It's a really cool way uh, for Pope to 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 show us both characters looking for answers, trying to trying to solve this riddle um, at the same time, um, and so. While Batman is is looking for his answers, of course he needs his network. So he's talking to the doctor because she has a, she 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 knows the way the facility should look, um, should be run and maintained. So um, he's uh, he's basically doing an autopsy on the um, on the killed um, cop, and he things just aren't. Um, aren't really the way they, they, they kind of should. However, um, while, while the Vic has a mouthful of cavities, there's one that looks like a porcelain tooth. So he removes it um, because it has a shiny gold filling. And why would you have a gold filling and a fake too. So um, he uh, he's working on that. Gordon is working through the um, the auxiliary footage, and and he um, he's catching the Batman in action, in action working really quickly. Um, he also knows that uh, Batman did not commit any murders at this scene, and um, and something isn't quite right. There's one particular wolfman who isn't isn't quite in line matching the other wolves and um 
that that catches Gordon's eye. So while um while while he's checking the tape out and 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 he leaves with the file, um, unfortunately. His uh, his writ that uh, let him access the site kind of ran out because um, homeboy went and checked. That makes it to the end of the hallway. Uh, really cool couple of panels where um, where Pope shows us that uh, Batman's kind of using the um, the rock climbing equipment, hooks himself up and uh, zips away into the. Uh, into the drop ceiling. Um, the wolves, of course, are all firing at the guy, and he um, he drops a uh, a grenade or a smoke bomb, a gas bomb, um, as he shimmies up the duct. Um, Oracle lets him know that uh, there's a blood sample that uh, was obtained from the crime scene after he was shot. Um <laughs> And it's on the 13th floor. That's fucked up, isn't it? It's like, okay, you just went through hell, but you're not there yet. No. And, and, you know, so it's, he, uh, and this is what was really cool because I remember, these are the images I remember when this, when this book was solicited or any promotional material was put out, the damn teeth. And teeth are the best. And I, and I kept, every time I would see this image, I was just like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And, and, and it, it, absolutely makes sense and it is so cool and it, it, again it's not something that i think we would expect the current batman to do but this this version for, for in, in in this time with everything we know it 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 just it works it makes sense and it's it adds to the whole mythology of right he's playing into it yeah right right but and it also lends to pope being visceral and mechanical in that when he puts the teeth in they're they're freaking cumbersome he can't speak they, they're uncomfortable he he's can't got a speech impediment although there they're was, like oh he's got his teeth in and, and <laughs> although that does that really doesn't play later on because he does have a conversation with the teeth and i was just like but wait he was like for teeth of his and i was just like but wait i don't but anyway um, Those are Johnson well, Smith teeth, by the way. He got them from Johnson Smith Company. <laughs> and, and 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 just imagine they got to be metal, and and they're just so 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 they're in. Batman's going to do his thing, and he um, he lets himself into the. Um, well, that's the end of the the second issue. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, all yeah. right. So the issue ends with. Them kicking the shit out of Gordon. Gordon. Okay, so page ninety nine. All right, so all right, so the third issue kicks off with Gordon's bloody face. Okay, cool. Yeah. I thought again, this issue visually, he didn't miss a beat from the first issue, and this issue is even more dense than the first one. I think, um, especially when Batman is doing the old meditative thing, and he sees, he he almost sees the face of the the wolf that with the 22 and yet something is is preventing him from seeing it and you get that beautiful panel with all the eyes that paul just splashes down red well villa rubia splashes down red and it, it just looks like a fever dream he's like what the hell was that i i didn't see that no that's not what i saw um a very dialogue heavy issue top end but then you get all the escapades within the federal building that aren't That's, very yeah. dialogue heavy. 
but this is where like the first issue was a great setup issue even though we're thrown into this mix we're learning as we go this sets up mostly the world and the characters in it it's the second issue where we actually see batman being batman yeah and between the meditation between kicking ass between doing scurrying through through ducks and vents and this is again first issue awesome setup second issue that's when you get your butt kicked and 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 we're paul is showing you who this batman is and it's a fantastic follow-up is that a taser whip what is that thing that he he clicks on during during his fight with the the uh the tigers and they they have him in a in a in a net and he pulls this thing out and he it looks like so, it, it's it's in it's electrical base definitely but it and he's and he's trying to click it on and it doesn't click on immediately and he's he's like flicking it and then bzz, it 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 fires to life and he's swishing it around in the air it looks yeah, like a taser has like got some kind of and and he gets cut off before we can actually learn what what kind of device it is but yeah it's but I, I'm glad it was a whip because then it there's a tie to Catwoman then. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's a slight tie, but I mean, when when is Batman ever used a whip that wasn't drawn by Neil Adams, right? You know. But and the, and then Villarubia in the 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 duct when Batman's climbing, the panels are flat out red. Just they're just red, and it's great. I. I got nothing but praise for this, this stuff. I mean, how do you break it down when it's when it it's this level? It's magnificent, right? It is from Batman doing the the gestural uh, right before he takes off with the the mountain climbing gear, and he's he's doing like a bit of a pantomime thing with the tap tap, and he pulls down, and then they they pull out their guns, and he's like fire, and they're. The, the lasers are flying all over the place. It just looks wonderful. It, it just wow. All right, issue three. Jason, you have anything to say about issue two that we haven't said? Well, no. I mean, the the, the teeth scenes were multi, my favorite imagery of the entire book. Um, you know that, and the the uh, the other the other imagery I think which which always stands the test of time is uh, when they've got the bike wrapped up and it's meant to look like it's it's drawn to look like a giant bat hanging from the ceiling. Right, right. Those two images to me are the the seminal images of the entire four issues. It looks like bioorganic. Totally. Or yeah. bioorganic biomechanical or yeah, you know what I right. mean. Right. Um so issue 3 Goss is walking Batman through the process of locating his blood sample and he, he he finds he 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 worms his way through the facility and he finds the blood samples and they're all identical. Like what? Well, what is going on here? Uh, meanwhile, the tigers unleash the hounds again, and he Batman does some little uh, resin seal around the door. So they're trying to break the door down. They can't get in, and they unleash the hounds, and. Uh, to save himself, or to save his identity, I should say, Batman just blows them all up. He blows all the blood samples up. In Which a f- I'm a little surprised. Because without knowing 
Like, yes, it's to make sure, you know, it, it, it's to save his identity. But we're not quite sure. I, I wouldn't know if, if these blood samples are being used that would possibly exonerate prisoners who were wrongfully convicted if they are designed to if they were stored for um, for vaccines or antidotes or or, or uh, so it, was just, it it was unfortunate it was it, it but that just it, it showed me how extreme Batman is to cover his ass Right, because there was no way for him to know which exactly exactly was his. So he's just like, okay, scorched earth, they're all gone. Exactly right, Boom. and that's and and which just also lets me know that that this this Batman is far from perfect. If if there were other ways he could have done this, he would have, but he couldn't. So it's like, listen, if this is you know for for all intents and purposes for him, it's for the greater good. Well, there was really no time for him to do anything else. That's true. They're banging on the door. What is he going to do? Just close his eyes and pick one? I mean, I, I don't think there was an alternative. He had a blow. No, and and it, and he, I think he 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 looked pained over it. it. It's not. He didn't. I don't think he took it lightly. And then Gordon shows up at Goss's door because the the FPC kicked the shit out of him, and he's he's in a bad way. And and Batman is trying to he's still trying to get out of the, the FPC facility while Gordon's being patched up and there's a there's a back and forth between Gordon and Goss that is pretty significant. Um, <laughs> he, he he realizes that Batman's innocent and and he also drops the bomb that there was a prior incident that he learned a lot from which happened in Arkham Asylum. And he was just a young man on the street, and um, the uh, the Russian, and I'm, I'm going to butcher the name, Pravska, came in, and, and he, uh, he uh, Gordon was the warden at Arkham Asylum, and Pravda said, okay, you know, you're relieved, go home, and, you know, come back tomorrow. And, we all know that Arkham Asylum is is where Gotham housed its most heinous criminals. Joker, you know, go down the list. All have spent time in Arkham Asylum, Scarecrow. And when Gordon came back, everything was gone. It was scrubbed. No inmates, no records, no no data, no nothing. And this is the thing. Uh, Pravda's goal is to eliminate all supervillains. And thus, making you know safe for for uh, you know the world and or, or Gotham, but he's got an ulterior motive here. So Gordon says, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to learn from from Arkham. I'm not going to let that shit happen again." And Batman has an altercation with Mercer. Mercer remembers the telepath, and there's a reason why Batman didn't remember his incident with the wolves was because Mercer was there and clouded his mind. He did a little bit of a Professor X on him. And Mercer looks a lot like Charlie. <laughs> yeah. he, he does. And so so Mercer's a very high-level telepath. He stops Batman dead in his cracks. He's like, tell me who you are. 
I got to know who you are. He First, he stops him. And he's like, what's your name? Tell me what your name. And he says, I'm Batman. He's like, no, no, no. Tell me what your real name is. I got to know your real name. You, I can see that you're you're buckling. You, you're giving out. Tell me what your name is. And, and Mercer and Batman are going tete-a-tete. And he almost has him. Mercer almost has him on the ropes where he's going to reveal his identity. And the one of the... Um, it's it's the tigers says yo mr mercy you want us to maybe do something over here and 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 when 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 he does that he breaks mercer's concentration just long enough for the batman to take mercer's head and slam him into the concrete wall like he just bam he smacks him in the against the brick and give, it it gives batman ample time to get the hell out of there had they not intruded this would have been a very different story i think i think he would have i think he would have found out his identity and we would have known his identity but again it plays into that wonderful ending where we don't really know but the one thing that i got out of this incident was he's like tell me who you are and batman's like Err, and he goes gra almost as if he was going to say grayson <laughs> right didn't you get that from that? I mean, but no, but it's interesting though, because he's saying in the, in the in the panels that precede it, when he's speaking, he's stuttering, and he says, "Yes, that's it. Speak." And Batman says, "Batman," right? So it's yeah. in keeping with the if he's if he's making sounds that have the B sound when he's about right. to say a word that sounds like a B. Or begins with a B. Why would he use a G if he was, you know, gray? So I'm thinking he was going to say Grayson, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, and the conveniently placed Batmobile that Robin had dumped in issue two pays off because Batman gets out of the federal building, fires up the Batmobile, and leads the. Uh, fpc on a merry chase and we get to uh he brings the tooth back to torah and torah's like whoa this is weird it's got usb ports on it and shit (laughs) (laughs) what the hell and and she patches into it and the three monkeys come up they hear no evil speak no evil see no evil and she's like okay this is this is deep. This tells me something's going on here. And she works her way into it. And this is when the real uh, reason for the murder is revealed. It seems that the man, the dead man, was a carrier for something called the flesh killer virus. And all the data for the virus is in this tooth. And she's like, wait a minute. This is a designer pathogen. This is meant to affect a very specific biology, right? This is a designer weapon that's intended to eliminate the unwanted aspects of society and leave other people unscathed. Mm -hmm. That's wicked, Right, and I'm sure we have something along the lines of that today, right? But that's neither here nor there. So, in the meanwhile, Gordon gets the hell out of Gotham. 
and he goes to Grandpa's house. And he's in there, and he's searching around. He's trying to find information on the Batman. And he, he comes across um, some paper stuff, but the, Gordon had a laptop. And, yeah, what was the version of the operating system? It OS 19 um, or something? No, he... Uh, OS, OS 16. Yes. It, it's, it's obviously a Mac, which meant that Gordon had extremely good taste in... In, in laptops. Um, so he's going through it, and it's password protected. Gordon wasn't a dummy. And he's trying everything. He's trying Bat Signal and, 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 and Batman and, and, you know, everything associated with Batman. He's trying to punch that in, and it doesn't work. And he finally, you know, the Hail Mary, and he types in Bruce Wayne. And bloop, it's all open to him. And that's kind of where issue three ends. But uh, there's another back and forth uh, between Goss and Tora and Batman. And it's concerning the blood samples that, that the very same thing that Dab was talking about. Like, like you know, um, you're supposed to be stealthy and you're, you're, you're setting off a bomb in a federal building. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're reckless and, and and he doesn't want it. She doesn't want it. You know, Batman doesn't want to hear it. But again, just the the fact that this woman who has she has priorities and and morals and scruples and everything that you know an upstanding person does, and Batman crushed a bunch of those with this, and yet she still stands by him. Of course, that's that's what Batman does. He commands loyalty, and it, and and it's that it's the one aspect of the character that it seems to be universal, right? Any comments on the art for this issue, other than the the cool ass Batmobile? And and Jason's right; that is the the centerpiece of this thing. That the bike can fold up, yeah, and to look like a a bat. It's neat. Jason, me boy. Oh, he's back. What back? Sorry. Excellent. Oh, where'd you go? Dogs. Dogs had to. Pups. No, we were just um, we were just talking about the art. Other than the Batmobile being the obvious centerpiece of this issue, anything uh, with the art that you find uh, notable? Um, I, I mean, you're, no. Again, you put me on the spot. I don't have the issues handy. Like I'm just um, to me, I, just, I don't. So I don't like issue by issue is cloudy for me. I don't. I don't okay. So. Well, I, I think the panel with right after the art location with Mercer. Where Batman just flings himself into the air, and he's got the 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 tether on the the uh, fire escape, and it's just a, a gradation between this this magenta e no it's not magenta it's like a pinkish red and then it, it blends into muddy grayish color and Batman's just still he's just overlaid on it and you get the little curly cues of the rope I think that's a magnificent panel you have no you don't need a base of reference other than the hook being on the fire escape and then whoop this is Batman just flinging himself into the air and it's awesome it's an awesome carefree um, hell bent panel there's there's sweat and body fluids or you know following him in the air I just think it's it's a monumental panel. It could be. It could be a this issues or this episode's album art, but it's not. 
Pope loves giving people big lips. Like all oh. his characters have huge lips. Good. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying that, but it's so it's so um, endemic of his style, I think. Yeah. And I suppose I sorry I had because I had to step out for a second. I the, you, the climax of the of the book. I mean, I thought it was very quaint that uh, the password is is what it is. Yep. Yeah. Well, sure. That's the Rosetta Stone, right? You know Bruce Wayne. Well, I also every- think it's funny that the, the stuff that he chooses before that. Right. <laughs> like, he chooses Oswald Cobblepot, Mad Monk, Crime Alley, all before Bruce Wayne. Right? Like, I don't know. It's, it's funny to me. but Well, he didn't draw the line. That right, that right. was but the where moment. Where did Crime Alley come from, though? I mean, what's the connection to Crime Alley other than, I mean, its most famous thing would be the death of the Waynes. True. Or Joe Chill. Oh please! <laughs> <laughs> but it's it also I mean it, it's it harkens back to um, what Miller had done in Dark Knight Returns by letting us all in on the fact that Gordon, whether he was eventually told or figured it out, as Bruce mentions, you know he was or or, or Gordon. Reminds him how how funny it was that he was always drinking ginger ale at those soirees as Bruce Wayne. That Gordon didn't know at that point in time that Batman and Bruce Wayne were the same person. Right. But obviously, Grandpa's not going to have that go down the family line and as as a secret for his descendants to know. But um, yeah, the grit is the best. Pope does grit like nobody's business. Sure. I mean, you got Gordon with tons of band-aids on his face and, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's visceral. That's the thing. I mean, his work is, is visceral. So but even though it's very stylized, it, it, it feels like you could go out and touch it or taste it much more so than a lot of other art, comic art. Yeah. Right. But you need to share when you're done with this. But a lot of the lines, or a lot of the the marks, I should say, are seat of your pants. Mm-hmm. And he has this innate ability to drop the perfect mark for what he's trying to do, and it's sloppy as fuck. Sure. But he the, he's developed a skill over the years where it looks right. He he convinces you. That those marks he's making look right, like the the, the furrowed brow on Mercer. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. They're just crisscrossed lines all over the place, and just and gobs of sweat, and they're just he's just dropping down these marks like it, seemingly very quickly, but it it looks perfect. And the the dimpled chin of Batman when he's tr- trying to resist Mercer's rape of his psyche. It's it's just a tangled morass of marks, and it looks great. But anybody else did that, it would look just sloppy. And it doesn't look. There's there's a difference between Pope's sloppiness and and other guys that try and ape his style, where Pope has the the knowledge gleaned from all those years of doing it. So. I don't even, I don't, I think it's like muscle memory to him. He's just dropping it down. But no, no panel looks like he's, he's got a chop, like he's working a chop, you know? Where Sinnott had super chops, 
but he did it the same all the time where right. Pope is just like scumbling lines and it looks godlike to me. Well, home stretch. Let's get this last issue because the last issue is where everything's revealed. Um, it all comes down to the flesh eater virus where this Pravska guy was in on it. And I was very grateful to Pope for revealing the chain of command in this issue, which just makes the world that much more believable to me. You got the Gotham Wolves answer to Tibble. Tibble answers to Mercer. Mercer answers to Pravska. And Pravska answers to the Chief of Homeland Security. Who else would be in on this? <laughs> and this is a commentary on, on, on the way things... If it's not a commentary on the way things were in 2006, it's sure as hell a commentary on the way things turned out to be. So, I'm, I'm interested, it's interesting you said that because one of the things I was going to offer in our kind of summation is that for as much as I think this book is uh, so indicative of Pope in his career, uh, I, I also think it's a book of its time. I, I think if I ever got the chance to hang out with Paul again, uh, I would ask him if he thinks this book would have been anywhere the same had he written it at a different point in his life, even now. And I think the answer would be no, because to me, this was very much, as you just alluded, this is a 2006 book. This is this is post-9-11. Paranoia. This is Patriot Act. This is yeah. paranoia. This yep. is uh, police state. Um, I, personally speaking, I think this is much more evocative of the fears we as a country had then than we do now. I think we have much different fears now. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I don't think, I, to me, this isn't a 2000, and, like, this This book just speaks to me. It, it's like Red Sun is evocative of the Cold War. You know what I mean? The Cold War fear. Like, like this is a this is a post-9-11 vi- vision of what the police state would look like. Yep. Um, I, I don't think it would feel or look the same now. I think our, our concerns now are, I mean, if anything, it's like the, the government is fighting against against private companies for having too much access to our information. Whereas, you know, back here it was like the government has access to all information and will always, ha- you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. The, the, I just, I, the, the, the other piece of my notes to this was that this was just decidedly um, the most, the most nine 11 esque version of Batman that we'll probably ever see. In my opinion. Well, if Frank Miller had his way, you would have seen, yeah, but it didn't turn out that way. Well, no. sure, yeah, sure. Um, in a nutshell, we won't get too deep into this issue because it, it's it's the culmination of obviously everything. Batman asks Tora to hack into the uh, FPC database, but he he claims that he needs someone on the inside, someone maybe with a grudge, and <laughs> Goss definitely knows someone that fits the bill in Jim Gordon. And uh, Tibble's still bearing down on Gordon. You know, I need that information, bitch. You got to give it to me. So they set up this meeting and um, Batman and Gordon, thanks to Goss's phone, they meet and uh, Tibble, Gordon's at Grandpa's cabin and he's talking to Tibble. He's like, okay, we're going to meet here. And then Gordon talks to Batman like seconds later and he's like, okay, you know, they, 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 meeting of the minds. And then Tibble calls back and says, oh, by the way, 
the meeting place with Pravska has changed. And Robin enters the picture. There's actually two Batman in this. Uh, Robin is is dresses as Batman and Batman dresses, and they lead the the they play cat and mouse with the cop copters and the the feds, and um, it 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 culminates. Uh, we won't spoil everything. It, it it there's a there's a wonderful ending and and um, a lot of things. No, I, I mean, listen, we've we've done a page by page summary of this book. And I don't I don't think. We and we already did talk about the last couple of pages. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we should. Hold off on the conclusion. Other people are reading it. Book True of that. The month, of the month. True that. Book of yeah, the yeah. month, bro. Um, th- they uh, they find that you know the the whole thing was designed based on what happened at Arkham. That um, no more supervillains, and this was just uh, Pravska trying to squelch the last mask in in Batman, and. Um, this probably hinges on the fact where all the blood samples were exactly the same. Meaning, should this flesh killer virus have gone off, Batman would probably be among the casualties. Right. Yeah. So it was all tailor-made to to destroy anything um, operating outside of the confines of of the federal government meaning the supervillains and the heroes uh there there probably was a genetic strain that tied them all together and and this flesh killer virus was designed to to eliminate that mm-hmm. yep i love that we see robin as batman in this issue. yeah 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 i think it's perfect yeah. the ending was really cool that he you know he's like i'm ready he's like yeah you're ready <laughs> Throw it on, bro. You know, and it's a motorcycle chase too. Two Batman on motorcycles. Like it's just it's just too much awesome for for you know the flat comic page to hold. <laughs> it's great. And we actually well, we see we see Batman smile, but it's more Robin Batman smiling. It's not actually the Batman Batman smiling. But that's okay. We'll take our wins where we can get them. That's true. Yeah. And it's colorful as hell. I think the the last issue is the most colorful issue. Yeah, well, yeah, because the settings are a lot more. I mean, besides from the tech from from the hollow phones, but yeah, um, the the uh, the chasing through the tunnels and the city streets and the subways and um, and of course in, in the home where uh, the whole plot is is uh, being explained. It's um, we we got away from from the darkened streets and and the um, and the apartments that haven't been cleaned in a while and actually are in the light and um, it's I agree with you it it is the brightest issue yeah funny funny thing to be too at the end when they're exchanging the file it's like Paul Paul must be a relative luddite because for a future story. And since this was written in the early aughts, like we already had we already had USBs then, so I don't know about the floppy disk in 2039, but that's cool. Yeah, well, I mean, but it was well. He he did say there was something about because they 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 knocked another format and mentioned the floppy disk. Oh, she says I haven't seen a USB in 
in um, in ages. They were talking about other formats, and they were just like, "But the floppy disk that's 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 the that's the one constant. That's 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 the cockroach of the of the media world." But the big win for Batman at the end of this issue is that all of the data that he extracted, well, that Torah extracted from the tooth, he uploaded a significant amount of it to the 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 internet yep. and and he uploaded the entirety of the antidote so the, the all, all the antidote and just enough to know just enough for for everybody the world to know that it's a legit threat right yeah right so he said here this was coming for you but should they have a you know a backup this is the antidote get this shit ready now you know, and and it's it, it was it was fitting. You know that he didn't give all of the information, but just enough where it 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 drew a straight line to the principal players, those involved. So all these guys are going down. The world has its its antidote, and now Batman is at the end of this. He goes out to um, right more wrongs with a, a very fitting Paul Pope signature amidst uh, a foreground of black. <laughs> That's a great freaking panel. It is. He's in the woods. He's in, in the, the thick woods. of it, right? This is it. He's saying he's in the thick of it. He's going out and he's, he's going to continue the legacy of the bat. It's awesome. It does. And it, it should also go without, uh, or we should make sure we, we, we acknowledge that um, I, I love that Paul made the oracle torah because torah is the the jewish you know book of wisdom essentially yeah so then that's certainly not not by accident no of course not no 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 No. and i'm glad she didn't have red hair (laughs) it was nice that he didn't just no that he oh yeah yeah that would have been too too close for comfort but uh she's a blondie blue eyes again you know dead center of my type but no <laughs> this is uh, it it's a wonderful four issue series i mean i i think he said everything he had to say concerning this story it, it didn't seem too long it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of dialogue but it all, most of it was necessary there's some great banter between batman and robin and tora and Ra- and batman it's just it feels like these these characters, at least in the Goss and Tora and Batman, it feels like they've known each other for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's 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 interesting because, given Pope's career and that the vast majority of his career isn't in the uh, the Marvel DC realm, um, you know, Dad mentioned that uh, he won an Eisner for uh, Teenage Sidekick, which was one of the story the story in Solo. Um, and that was that was written in two thousand five, two thousand six. Um, he then won two Eisners for this. He he won uh, he won uh, best limited series and and best creator, best writer artist. Um, his only win is best writer artist, and then um, and then he didn't win another Eisner until two thousand fourteen for Battling Boy, and that was actually for best teen book. So um, it's it's hard for me to believe that Pope only has four Eisners to his name. But uh, but if you're doing a career retrospective, it's certainly um, important to acknowledge that 
two of his four and, and his only one for overall best writer artist came from this. So, yep. So, so you could make the argument. This is the highlight of his career. I wouldn't personally agree. Um, but I, I think you could, you could make that case or I'm sure some do make that case. Yeah. I would say it's THB, but I, I would hesitate to say that he's not known for that anymore, which is sad because I mm-hmm. think it's his seminal work. Um, not only for the fact that it appeared in multiple formats, there was some right. standard size comic issues, some massive tabloid size, um, the, the breaking up of whatever issue number it was into three different issues, ABC, you know, it, I, I thought it was, it's, a, it's a masterful work, but for, for whatever reason, he's been dragging his ass on reprinting it. I, I, I don't know how he's going to do it because of, it's like, how do you reprint Acme Novelty Library? Yeah. Well, my guess is, and I, this is pure conjecture that there's maybe some rights issues, right? Because it was printed in different places and. Yeah, maybe that's why it's hard to get it all together. To but we need a a, a compendium of THB because people mm-hmm. need to read that. I mean, yeah, his his dark horse stuff is great, and this is amazing. And and Paul's just, I mean, he's he's he is a god. But the THB is what he cut his teeth on. It is sure. just it is awesome. Do you guys remember? Of course, you remember. But seeing all those commissions at at that dinner, yes, yes, oh my god. Yes. Uh, just as a reminder to or for new listeners, when we were having dinner uh, at New York Comic Con two years ago, um, Paul was in attendance, and, and it was also the night where um, he had taken a rare commission list, and it was the night that he was he and Felix were unveiling the commissions to everybody. So pretty much everyone in the room that wasn't an artist <laughs> uh, was getting a commission, except for the three of us. Yes. Um, uh, shame on us, but but they were just devastatingly awesome and also oversized again massive massive pieces of paper that yep. he just went crazy on for each of these commissions it was just just mind-boggling stuff Finn Fang Foom was my favorite oh was the whole everything was so good yep. yeah yep. the ones that stood out were the non-Batman ones because I think of the 15 11 of them more Batman related yeah and that's yeah, understandable yeah. but but sure but uh wow yeah yeah so I, I mean I, I I really really like this story I I um, the 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 other thing about it is that, as much as it is a a Batman story, I it just it, he pays homage to certain Batman things, but it's it's enough different, and he doesn't he doesn't go back to the well on a lot of things that just almost every other person that takes a step up just can't avoid, you know. Well, that's the, the thing: flash, the flashback to the kid, the pearls. You know, right, like all, right. all those tropes. And again, they're fine and they're they're seminal and I understand the allure of putting your own spin on that, but man, I mean if I've if I've seen the if I've seen the alley scene once, I've seen it a hundred times. So I, I loved that he 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 just takes a different tack. To your point, even in as much as we don't really know if, if this is Bruce or a Bruce Acolyte or a Bruce right. Aficionado or, or or an offspring, we don't know. We never would and so yeah. that is well well done. But the main takeaway from from this series was for me none of the rogues appear none of there is but it it all hinges on the the uh the arkham asylum incident where you know Pravda comes in he cleans house 
But there is, and, and I love the fact that Paul says, you know what? Screw that. I'm not using, uh, I'm not using, uh, Penguin. I'm not using Scarecrow. No Joker. Nothing. There's not going to be a, a rogue in this entire issue. We're going to go with the devil we know, which is this, the, the feds are, are crooked. And they're trying, you know, that's awesome. Right. That he, no, that the he, enemy's the deep state. And, yeah. and I, again, I do think it speaks to the time and Paul's politics, just that um, it's the unseen enemy or it's the byproduct of dealing with the prior enemy. Because just like in 9-11, we went on this idea of trying to eradicate fundamental Islamic, Islamic fundamentalism, a.k.a. terrorism from the earth. And in doing so, or in our quest to do so, we granted the government unprecedented access to our personal lives and information sure, sure. through the Patriot Act. And and in many ways, this I think is a reflection of that for him. It's 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 they 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 went through this process at Arkham and then presumably after of eradicating costume supervillainy, and seemingly they 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 they, they seemingly succeeded, right? Because this is this whole idea of this book is that Batman's kind of the last mask. Um, right, but he does but, but, but initially it, think it, that it's a Middle Eastern terrorist sect. No, well, that's right. No, right. that's true. But but I'm saying, but the but then but so they 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 much like we sought to, we granted the the government an incredible amount of extra power at the time because we thought it was going to be for the greater good of eradicating terrorism, and this book is very similar in that we gave the government. Um, over to a true police state um, in response to what I'm sure was well supported at the time, which was eradicating supervillainy. Right. So, yeah, I, I, it's it's I, yeah, I, I just appreciate I appreciate this book because it's just it's, it seems very genuine to me. It's genuine to the creator. It's a singular voice there. It's genuine to the time, and I think it's uh it's it's in spite of it being unique, it, it is I think not such a gross reimagining that it becomes um, a different character entirely. Like you don't, you don't read this and say, well, this isn't Batman, right? No, no. You read this and say, this is a version of Batman. And I think that's a delicate balance. It's, I, I, I think we underestimate how hard it is for people to revisit certain characters, these iconic characters, whether it be Superman or Batman or Spider-Man, it's, it's hard to make your mark. It really is. Right. I, right. Without without seeming derivative, right? And and yeah. um, and he pulls it off. He does, even though he turned my head with his story in Detective One Thousand. You're not going to get this out of Kevin Smith, right? There there are writers that that seem to revel in the fact that they can use the Joker, or you know, or or any of any of the rogues. Pope is was was mature and. Uh, I guess restrained enough mm-hmm. to to craft a story around none of that, where he he had a, he had a goal and and something to say, and he said it in a way that not a lot of writers would have the 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 verbiage that that Pope used. A lot of writers would have shown that as like, well, that's not going to work because you got none of the. None of the principal players in here, other than the Batman and and uh, you know, uh, sort of kind of Robin, but it's still Batman. He he gets to the the he, he cleans out all the 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 
the shit infecting the wound. And he gets right at that that center, and it's it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. My only um, shortcoming from this is I had to go searching through boxes to find my issues. I got to get this in a collected edition. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I I like this this uh this collection which and i didn't read the, the the last story because i didn't want it to i didn't know if it was going to um what is it it's from uh, batman chronicles 11 it's berlin batman which is a story that takes place in 1939 oh yeah i remember that and it is uh written and drawn by paul pope with colors by ted mckeever and letters by ken lopez um yeah yeah I and had that whole run. Of the Chronicles? Yeah. Nice. Um, but I didn't want to I didn't want to have anything to compare Batman Year One Hundred to. So I just I I was I'm going to read this before I return it to the library, but I would I would not mind at all having a uh, a hardcover of this. Is that I, I don't know if that Oh I hope. Year one hundred and deluxe and other tales. I don't know if that's a hard I think it's a hardcover. But yeah, I will I will look forward to uh, New York Comic Con. You know where my run of Batman Chronicles currently uh, resides? In uh, Chris Campbell's house. Where Chris yes, Campbell lives? yes, Chris Campbell's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it went to a good home. It's all okay. I care. It's all I care about. All right, Indeed. so there you have it: Batman Year One Hundred Masterpiece by Paul Pope. Definitely one of the better books of the month. Oh shit! Yeah. Who's well, we knew that. I mean, we kind of knew. I mean, as soon as it, listen, a lot of times when the book is picked, we've at least one or two of us have read it already, so we have a sense that I, I think we knew when that when this when it, when this won that it was going to be a fun conversation. Yeah, and it, it was it was close this month, and there were it didn't come down to fisticuffs, but there were some people who felt some kind of way that uh, the second place book did not. I mean, Vince is elated, but that did not uh, eke it out at the finish. Um, and what was that second place book? Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Apocalypse Suite. Uh, but I think, if I, I do believe this is the first solo Batman book that's been nominated. Um, yep. And, you know, there are some characters or some, some, I don't even want to say some creators really, but I think that there are some characters or some books that, well, I don't even want to say that would have been far and away a clear winner because this didn't win until the last 45 minutes. And, right. um, you know, it's this is one where, like, it's not like we said we're reading year one or we're, we're reading um, you know, I don't, anything if, that... Uh, if we have it would have been an easy easy month for me if, if Umbrella Academy won because I had just reread it. And I and I was going oh, to start rereading it since <laughs> since uh, since we watched the show, um, because I don't think I don't remember if I finished it. When I first that baffles it. me. How do you do that? How do you do what? No, Dap does that all the time. Like he'll he'll start a series and then just never finish it. Yeah, I do that too sometimes. That, that's really I do that with TV all the time. I, I don't think I've I rarely have ever done that with a comic. Yeah, Netflix oh, is cool. failing me lately. Did well, we, are we gonna? Is this gonna be the second week in a row we're gonna have to admonish you for how wrong you are about Umbrella Academy? No, no. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna mention it, so you won't have to admonish me for anything. But um, I had heard the hubbub 
Oh, Stephen King thinks it's great. You got to check it out. Did you guys watch any of Black Summer? Not yet. I, I mean, I have it. It's actually downloaded on my iPad for uh, my trip that I'm leaving for in the morning. Uh, it is boring as fuck. For real, though? Oh, my God. It's hard for me. No no offense to you. It's just so hard. Hard. You have such a different expectation and aesthetic for horror. I, it, I, don't, I okay. don't know that... No, I'm not saying you're wrong in this case. No, I'm just saying I, I feel like you, what you what what gets your what gets your excitement meter uh, redlined with horror is vastly different, I think, than what a lot of us. Like. Right, right. Well, it takes the Pulp Fiction formula, the intersecting narratives, where one part of the the ongo like the the narrative writ large, you'll see two characters in the foreground doing something and way 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 in the background you see something and you don't really know what it is because at that point you that part of the story hasn't been fleshed out and then Mm. later on you'll get the point of view from another character and the two characters that were in the foreground in the one scene are now in the background of the other scene and that Mm. background is playing out in the foreground of this part of the narrative that drives me crazy it 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 works when quentin tarantino does it for pulp fiction but for this, it, it it's annoying. The it I I think that the whole thing is just it's so boring. Mm-hmm. You you have these zombies that are incredibly fast, and they rarely use them. Like I watched four episodes, and I was just like, "Is anything going to happen in this thing?" Mm. It, I just thought it was boring as hell. That's and funny. I gotta wonder, you know, maybe Stephen King's having a bad day, or maybe he have got you a, tried um, Love, Death, and Robots. Yes, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was reminded me a lot of heavy metal. Yeah. in its best form. Well, I think we look at heavy metal, the the movie with rose colored colored glasses, because without a doubt. Yeah, I rewatched that a bunch of times, and it. I don't think it it holds up. I think the movie's just. It's not terrible, but it's it's not. That's a, definitely a nostalgia thing for me because I, I was a very young buck, and it was on cable, and I got to see nudity. So, yes. <laughs> so right, right. I'm sure, right. I romanticized that movie. All right. But Love, Death, and Robots is a lot of fun. It is. Uh, oh, God. The Witness, I, I think, is the best one. Uh, they're, they're also di- – I mean, it, and, and I love that they have different running times. And yeah. It's the one where different. the 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 somewhat Asian-looking woman with the tattoos sees the murder outside of her window, and she starts running, and the guy chases her, and the narrative flips around at the end. She's a she's a uh, an adult performer. You know the one I'm talking about. I do. The, mm-hmm. the jiggle physics in it is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my personal favorite is the yogurt one, just because it's absurd. <laughs> so yeah. ridiculous. But I mean, you get the best of of everything. There's like arena combat, and there's yep. there's the the uh, sci-fi, and then there's SF. I just mm-hmm. thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Wonderful. So there you have it. Get off the Netflix talk. I have to say, as Dap was alluding to at the beginning, uh, and I said with my intro, I did finish uh, the Umbrella Academy, and uh, I know it wasn't your cup of tea, Vince, but um, I'll stand by what I said halfway through, which is that I thought it was fantastic. I, I I thought it was very much in honor of the comic, but uh, but certainly its own thing. It, it's it plot wise, it's incredibly different than the comic, but but. But the beats, and, and I really was skeptical of this because I, uh, Gabriel Ba's style is both something I adore and, and it, he's very different than Pope, but, but much like Pope, he's very stylized. And I wasn't sure how they were going to, especially on a TV budget, 
portray these characters that had fantastical looks and powers, and they pulled it off. I think I I, I thought the entire cast was good. I I was most skeptical of Ellen Page. Um, just because she's famous, I thought, oh, that's weird. They're going to cast somebody really famous in that, in that role. And um, I think she was perfect as Vanya. I thought, like, absolutely perfect. Because Vanya in the comic is far more attractive. Like, meaning Ellen Page is very, very, you know, plain. Uh, plain yeah, and, 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 and extremely, like, I think too skinny. I mean, almost unhealthily skinny. Um, Vanya in the comic is, 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 is much more uh, conventionally beautiful. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I, I, God, I loved it. Uh, you liked it too, right? That. Yep. Very much. Yeah. I just, I yeah. Thought, yeah, and my wife did really too. She was, it. she's happy that the, uh, that it's been renewed. Yep. Yep. Well, it's, and it's interesting to me what they're going to do with the renewal because they play fast and loose in the first series with the first two series. They, they take a lot from, from the second volume of Umbrella Academy in Dallas and interweave it into this. So uh, I'm curious what season two will be. It's not like they're going trade by trade is my point. So, right. Yeah. I'm bummed you didn't like it, Vince. It's okay. Have it, you it, watched Ultraman yet? No, I'm saving that. I want to watch it all in one shot. Oh, is it coming? Well, wait, it's Netflix. Isn't it already? It's all out already. It, yeah. But I want to, I mean, meaning I have a, a oh, you a, have the time, the time to watch it all in one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's it's all right, brother. It's okay. You were right. You know what surprises me, Jason? I I punted Sabrina. See, before you say something, I was just going to say Vince had mentioned it two weeks ago that Sabrina season two was was poop. I yeah. tended I, I put on the first episode, um, and I I I I I didn't. I mean, I liked the first season enough to to try the second season, but I wasn't blown away by it. And then I I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Well, out. some of the visuals on the first season were awesome. Like mm-hmm. the, the incarnation of the, the visual representation of the devil is amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think they strayed too far from the, the comic. I thought the narrative in the comic was absolutely perfect. Right. But, and then they, I don't know whether they, they got cold feet for the, the TV show. Like, Oh my God, her father's in Harvey's body. And now, you know, she's kissing her father. Like, what is this? I thought that would have mm-hmm. been, been great. But then they have this whole subplot with the girl with gender identity issues. And that's awesome. Um, I, I would love to see a series just on that, but to, to shoehorn it into Sabrina just because mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Right. But sure. I don't want, I don't want to shit on it. It just wasn't for me. Right. Sure. Whatever. But, what um, were you saying that? That was, but I... um, the uh, the other night, um, getting everything ready so I can sit down at, and and come nine o'clock Sunday night watch Game of Thrones and um, my wife just she asked if it was cause she she wasn't she she doesn't she's never seen an episode and um, I've always been hesitant to offer it because of a couple of episodes in the first season that, that, that can be a little rough um, if you're an animal lover. So the, um, mm-hmm. we, we, we were kicking around in the living room and she's like, I think, I think maybe she's like, how, how long, how long is the first episode? Cause we were, we were trying to time things and, and uh, it was funny cause the other night, actually it was last night she got, She's how how long is the first episode? I'm like it's it's about an hour, and then she's like, huh. 
And it's like 7.30, and I'm like, no. I'm like, we're not, we are not starting Game of Thrones, and then that's the last thing you're watching before you retire for the night. So uh, we may kill some time before our midnight showing of Endgame and maybe watch um, a couple of episodes. Because I, I I've been wanting to rewatch it, and uh, and she... She she's a big fan of the Hobbit movies and 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 she has no problem with with fantasy and and she understands that for the sake of the story and to establish how um, petty and evil characters are they do reprehensible things because um, the first episode of House of Cards offered us the uh, the death of a dog that was hit by a car it happened off screen but. Um, it was still happening as the lead character is talking to you. And um, that's kind of rough, but again, it's supposed to set the scene. So TLDR, we're basically going to start, I'm going to rewatch game of Thrones and my wife is going to watch it for the first time. And um, by the time we get through it all, this, this final season will have been over. So I'll have already finished it by the time we get to it again. But I never thought anytime soon, my wife would, be ready to sit down and watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's 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 good for you. I wish I could get Beth to watch it, but she's not interested. I just wanted to get the Red Wedding. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I. We only we waited two years for six episodes, so I I, I, I like know him, I'd like him to get on with it, but it's cool. Oh, they will. I thought I, I don't really have they a problem will, with will. this it's season just, so far, but I mean, and mm-hmm. it's it's um, episode one was egregious. Eh, I, I don't. I mean, it was it's it was kind of just it was. I can see it as as a really long recap. It's like we already knew this. We 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 know who all these players are, but again, if it's a thirteen episode season and and you want to catch us up because it's been two years, cool. But we got six episodes, man. Got a lot, to, a lot to get done, but they're not all only an hour. Only these two. No, I, think, I understand. Are the I understand. Ones. I know. But I know. it's all it's, will be forgiven after this week, I suspect. But yeah, and I and I mean, they also don't necessarily have to drag out as as we get to the uh, as we crescendo to the end. But um, yeah, there's there's that, and I know we um, we're um, there's something else we were going to start. Um, but we're we have a few episodes to go to 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 completely finish Mad Men. But there was something else I think we were. I don't know if it was a Netflix show, but yeah, it, it, there's it's weird. There are things that um we've been sitting on for so long that I mean by now any hype or any sort of talk about it has has long died down, which isn't always a bad thing. Vince, uh, you got your tickets for Endgame? Not yet. Come on, bro. No, I'll go see it. I just I'm not gonna buy tickets in advance to a movie. Jesus, oh, are yeah, you? That's just crazy. It's it bad is. enough. My comics three months in advance. No, it's ridiculous. I'll see a movie, but I'm not gonna buy tickets in advance. That's just why not? Because it's advance. oh, I gotta see I this. I guess you're better than uh, a couple hundred million of us. I'm not. Why would you draw that conclusion <laughs> from me not wanting to buy tickets in advance? I don't think I'm better than anybody. I just don't think it's a better than us. uh, But you know what is? You know what is better than us? 
our patrons. Our patrons. Yes. Oh, that's be- sure. Because they have graciously supported our efforts month in and month out, and they make things like this possible for people like you. They elevate all of our listeners because it's not just a, oh, patrons get special content. When they do, but they don't get any special episodes because everybody gets extra episodes because of the efforts of our our awesome patrons. And if so would you like, it is winning. If you would like to see what all this patron stuff is about, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. One, one, you know, the whole thing, no apostrophe. And you'll see cover of the day, previews, videos. I got mine in. Right under the wire. So you pulled the tap this year? That's great. This month? That's awesome. But I took a look at the previews catalogs for, I mean, I like to prepare. I get my all my images ready, and then I sit on it for a while. But I looked at the, the previews and the Marvel and the DC. Next month is going to be huge for me. There's at least nine Marvel trades alone that I'm getting. Nice. That's nuts. That's insane. And I looked at the, the previews catalog proper today. There's too much stuff this month. I'm, it's gonna, my budget's shot. I haven't flipped through it yet. But anyway. I, I whittled, I whittled my April order down quite a bit. There were a few things. There were a few collections that, um, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't justify ordering. So hopefully. Did you, did you see what come, what's coming from Dark Horse, um, this, this month? This month? Oh. Flaming, flaming carrot. No, don't say. Omnibus. Yes, four hundred and some pages of flaming carrot. Give me a break. You know what? We've never talked about flaming carrot on the show. Let's uh, let's do that. We will talk about flaming carrot. You know what? Dap and I will be like, "Isn't this awesome? This is amazing." You'll be like, "I don't see it." (laughs) Oh, it's volume one. Okay, so it's it's um (laughs) oh, all right. So it's a dark horse omnibus. So it's slightly larger than the manga size books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might not be too bad. It's it's a four hundred and sixteen pages for twenty five dollars retail. But if our awesome sponsors right, right know right. anything, it'll be fifty percent off. So you oh, and keep... it also includes the issue with the crossover with the turtles. Yes, yes. So thank you for uh, for our patrons for doing this for us, and and thank you for listening. Uh, in your travels, is it time? It is time. All right. Speaking of turtles. Oh, I have it right here. I haven't read it yet. Story by Kevin Eastman, Bobby Kernow, and Tom Waltz. Script by Tom Waltz. Art by amazing, phenomenal, career-making art by Dave Wachter. And the color is by Rhonda Pattinson. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, issue 93. Why is this important? Because it's City at War. Oh, God. Yes. There's a map. There's a map. There's a freaking map in this thing. Dave has been, I mean, I think Dave improves. You know what? To say that he improves means that he is starting from some kind of deficit and getting better. His stuff on the Turtles is awesome, and it gets more awesome with each issue. And this is no exception. Um, I'm just looking at the pictures because I didn't have a chance to read it yet. It is a talky book. Well, I'm flipping through it now, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it is. And I'm sure it's all for don't, all serves a purpose. Yeah, but, don't but keep yeah, flipping because there's a fantastic. there's something that happens that you shouldn't see. And I saw. 
Only because oh, I, I think I saw it too, but I okay. don't know the characters because I haven't read a Turtles book in ages, so I don't know the significance of it just yet. But and because uh, you haven't read a whole bunch of Turtles, at least in the IDW incarnation, they are smart enough to include IDW's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and oral history. Is that fugitoid? That goes through one, two, three, four, five text pages to try and get you relatively up to snuff on what's going on in in the IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja. Working with Kevin Eastman, licensing the yeah. turtles from Nickelodeon, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, so this is important if you haven't been reading this stuff. You got to know. And God bless you, Dave. Every one of these panels just makes me giddy. They're so good. Yeah, it, looks, it looks fantastic. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Issue 93, Dave Wachter, all you need to know. Get it. Do it. In your travels, um, I think I am going to... I'm not going to mention that because I don't have it nearby. Um, there was... An image book that came out, I think it was last week. Um, and it is written by Brian Shermer, uh, illustrated by Claudia Balboni. And it is a hefty first issue. It is a complete story in this first issue. It is called Fair Lady, uh, the case of the Blue Rock. And... Um, you have a um, you have a character who um, basically uh, well the the Brian the writer um, the elevator pitch is basically um, a female Magnum PI uh, in a post War of the Ring type world um, so she she's our, our main character, our main human character, um, she uh, she's hired to solve um, solve people's problems. Uh, and um, her name is Jenner, and she has a um, a partner who is a um, is a feline, and, and he is a very tall um, cat creature, um, and and they're a um, his race is uh, is Jesu, but this the issue the the whole setup the world is is interesting this uh, this 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 land they inhabit um, the the. Uh, the mystery, the investigation aspect of the issue, I kind of dug. I'm keen on the art. I um, ordered it from, uh, from DCBS. I'm, I'm in for the first few issues at least, and I um, I kind of want to see where we're going. Like I said it's the the issue so far from, from what the uh, the solicit and and the uh, the intro 
had said is that you're going to get a complete case, a complete story in each issue. And, and I'm sure, though, there's a underlying um, there's there'll be a thread that will tie everything together as, as we continue down down through these issues. Um, but the, the, the Feld, where the inhabitants of, of this land live, uh, is basically the, um, the remnants of a fallen mech. And um, you have the merchant district in there. And uh, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I, based on like i said the, the elevator pitch it's not like this is an exact it, it's not completely unique but but the the idea of it and the way it's laid out and the presentation of it um and the characters are, are enough of a hook to keep me going so yeah i took a chance really enjoying it so far first issue and um so as as image has been doing with with uh assassination and and um Little bird, I they're in the groove again with um, with the first issues right now. They're, they're they're on a bit of an upswing for me, and I got we got Gogor coming out, so I I, I can't wait to uh, to read that. But yeah, uh, Fair Lady in your travels. Completely agree that Image, after a bit of a dry spell, may be pulling itself back up. Yeah, um, a little early in a lot of these series to say for sure, but I, I sure yeah. Um, and uh, I, too, am going to have a little image book for y'all for In Your Travels. Um, listen, you you faithful listeners are smart people. We love you. You're, you're well-informed. But I think some of you have been sleeping a little bit. You've been sleeping. You've, you've, a lot of you have forgotten what a powerhouse Jonathan Hickman is. And you're going to be reminded soon when he takes over X-Men. But, you know, you need to get ahead of that curve. And um, you need to catch up if you're not already uh, up to date on East of West, because issue 42 has is already hit the stands. And uh, for those of you that uh, are paying attention to the book, you know, that is a bittersweet fact because that means we only have four issues left of the series. It's going to end at issue 46. It is uh, one of my favorite series of the last five years. And I haven't talked a lot about it, it kind of falls into the, Vince's view on fables. It's kind of been my thing. I just enjoy it myself, but I damn sure I'm going to give it some love after it's culminated. And so y'all might want to catch up so that you're not, uh, you know, lost or spoiled when I uh, give it its love. But, uh, I written by Hickman and of course, amazing art by Mr. Dragata. So, uh, yeah, I just, I read 42 this week and God damn, we're going to go out on a high note. Damn it. There you go. Well, while we're speaking of image, normally... Little mini image orama. Yeah, normally something like this would sour me on a book. But in this case, I'm eager to buy it. I'm eager to shell out again for something I already paid for. Mm-hmm. If, if you look in the previews catalog coming up on page... Uh, well, I can't really see it. But it's in the image solicits. What Brubaker and Phillips are doing is they're taking issues two and three of Criminal. It's and they're they're repackaging it into a hardcover. Why these two issues? 
I I picked up the fourth issue today, so I haven't. I'm, I'm not current. I have a couple issues to read. Well, two and three are a complete story. Uh, two and three are the story of Hal Crane, the illustrator who takes an apprentice, blah blah blah, and Teague's son is involved in it. But issues two and three are a complete story. And what they're doing is they're taking both issues, repackaging them into a hardcover, adding stuff, and charging sixteen ninety nine for it. Weird. It's called Bad Weekend, and it's the story of, of Hal Crane. Normally, I would be like, what the hell? I just bought the singles of this. You're adding stuff. You're going to make me buy it again. I would raise the red flag. But when it's Brubaker and Phillips... I don't give a damn what they do. Several new scenes added and remastered into a hardcover. Yeah, I mm. will gladly pay again for something I already bought because it's that freaking good. You need huh. you guys didn't read Criminal Two and Three yet? Not yeah, yet. I've read I read one and two. All right, please three. read issue three and maybe we'll talk about it. Well, and four came out today. I'll read up to I'll read up to number four for next week. Well, four, four. is the start of a new story. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean I'm. Yeah, I'm but I mean he, he, two and three is. They're okay, awesome. I'll be two and three, and they say here something like, "Oh, if if you didn't already think it was the best story of the year, blah blah blah." I don't know if I'd go that far because the year's not over, but it was a freaking great story, and it's 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 a, a crime drama wrapped up in a comic book shell mm-hmm. paper because it it there there are things about the comic book industry and these old artists that find themselves outmoded and useless and. And they want to relive their glory days, and this guy tries to get back his art that his daughter sold that was his, in in his estimation, his crowning achievement. And it's it's just awesome. It's amazing. And they're repackaging it, and I'm okay with that. I don't know how they're going to do it when they collect this run of criminal, but it's the mm-hmm. this is the same format as the Junkies book. Right, which I still need to which get. Is, which is cool. Um, again, I I cannot praise Brubaker and Phillips enough. So the fact that they're they're taking this risk and doing something against the grain, I'm going to support it because I love love Criminal. Sweet. Yeah. Now here's a question for you: What do you think, body of work wise, is better, Stray Bullets or Criminal? Oh, I love Lapham, but come on, Criminal. I have to say criminal. I think I think Phillips is a much better illustrator than David Lapham. Not that Lapham's a slouch. Lapham's great. But Sean Phillips is world class. I mean there's not many guys that can do what Sean Phillips can do. Yeah. And stupid, stupid cheap with his art. Yes. I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't know about that, but I'll agree with you. Oh no, I'm just saying his art is available for very, very reasonable prices. Under two fifty a page? Uh, probably two fifty. That's that's a bargain for Phillips. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, we love you so much for being here with us. Come back again. It'll be different, but it'll be somewhat the same. It's the same but different. And um, if you it's would like, like Batman. Yeah. If you thanks for tying that up. If you would like to check out stuff we have going on other than the audio version of Eleven O'clock Comics. Go to the Facebook groups. There's tons of 11 o'clock comics. Facebook groups. We got the main one. We got EOC at the movies. We got this 
health and wellness thing that that Jason instigated, which I'm not going to be a part of. For okay, I, I'm not going to put my my daily step totals on there. It's just not going to work. I can't. No, no I, one said you don't have, have to. Do I don't think people. There's a couple people doing it, but that's only. I. They, and, a milestone. And yeah, I don't watch what I eat either. Milestone sleeping. So well, that doesn't. It's, just a just a place to. But it's great. Encouragement. Right. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's great that you well, did that. Your journey. There's a lot of people that are in great. I mean, Artie's in there, and dude's has like three percent body fat. I wish I had his arms. His arms are. So awesome. I'm saying. Yeah. How about Flip a Dipper? Half the man he used to be. I know, right? right? Looking good. See, and anyway, shout out to um, I'm glad. Shout out to the stream of consciousness reminds me. Shout out to Don Cardenas and his wife. They're expecting another child. Congratulations! All right, woohoo! And good luck to Daniel White tomorrow night. Yes, thank you for yes. We talked about that his art show. Yes, I will be down in Maryland, unfortunately, but yes, I I hope any tri-staters that can make it out there. I got a feeling I'm going to be seeing a lot more of Daniel White, but that's a good thing. You damn skippy! Yeah. And while we're shouting out, big, big, big shout out and a and a huge add a girl to Sarah Harris. Oh, for sure. Sarah's always, always in my thoughts. Agreed. Yes. And um you just keep doing what you're doing, honey, because we, we love you so much. And not saying honey because you're female, but just because I love you. Gotta Word. gotta gotta do that. All right, so uh what was I saying? Um, 11 o'clock comics, massive Facebook presence, the Twitters, the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. As that noted before, the Instagrams were on there. Just come have fun with us. And in the meantime, say goodnight. I'm going to do something special. Oh, it's crap. It's crap. It didn't do it. Wait. There we go. Uh Aha, there you go. (laughs) David. Tonight. Do something special. I keep fucking it up, but you know. Because you did it like, you know, 18 times and shit, so it took you forever to finally say David. Wow. Was that your David or was that... Yes. My David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. See, I gave yeah. you time to I gave you time to a little vamp in there. That's what we do. We had fun. Come back next time. Send them on their way. Go ahead. On the way. Oh my goodness, a little rusted root right there. That's right, baby. Wow. Very little. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, so I'm gonna do some Jamiroquai next or what? Oh please no. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it decent. Ninety seven up in here. There you go. We out. <laughs>